The name of this message is Mystically Wired. Uh, it's actually the title of a book uh, that is quite good. But the um, it really tries to get at this reality that our wiring um, is more than we think. Uh, in in uh, the house that uh, we're restoring over in Angleton, we have uh, done all the normal wiring you do for uh, power to be everywhere it needs to be, uh, for doorbells to ring, all those things. But what we also did is we wired uh, for data, we wired for video, we wired for... Uh, all kinds of things that I don't even know exist. And so we have all this wiring, and the truth is we're going to put up walls, and this wiring is going to be behind the walls because there's no way we're going to use all that wiring that I don't know what it is. I mean, we have Cat 5 and Cat 7 and Dog 9 wires, all these wires all these data links, and they're going from this room to that room, and so we can put these different pieces in different places. But it has a very sophisticated capability. And, and the truth is, uh, God is saying we have a very sophisticated uh, capability. I have a picture of your brain. Yes, that's it. Um, that is really uh, a a rendition uh, that science has put together, so that was not an artist somewhere, uh, but it is a rendition of the firing that goes on, and it is truly a mystery how it works. Uh, but I want to bring us to how we kind of work in the wiring that we have right now. Uh, and we really see in Matthew chapter 5, which is kind of where we've been working, where Jesus starts to challenge the wiring that we're used to, the wiring that we have grown accustomed to as God's people. And, and so he, he's at this place uh, called the Sermon on the Mount, and he's up in front of uh, probably thousands of people. And then he begins to address the normal wiring of humanity, how things work, how they operate. And he begins to challenge them with a new type of wiring. And what he suggests is, you were already wired to work like me. All right, so we're just going to very quickly look at this wiring and what it does. Now, this is a people who were used to the law. They were used to rules. Uh, they were used to pass, fail. They were used to right, wrong. They were used to consequences. They understood the concept of punishment, as most of us do. Uh, and then here's how he chooses to open a message that talks about that wiring. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Oh, by the way, blessed are the meek. If you're hungry and thirsting for righteousness, you're blessed. Uh, if you're merciful, oh, you're really blessed with that one. 
the pure at heart, you are so blessed. The peacemakers, very blessed. Those who are persecuted because of righteousness, amazing blessing. When your people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me, enormous blessing. Now, I want you to look at this list. Do you see anywhere where it says you kept the rules? Do you see anywhere where you memorized the scripture? Where you went to church every Sunday? Where you didn't say bad words? He just described himself. And he just described the kind of person, the kind of character, the kind of wiring that you were created for. Now, this looks difficult, but it, it gets worse. All right. Uh, after this, he begins to talk specifically about a number of topics. And we'll have those here. Um, oh, these are the things that will happen for people who are like that. You're going to inherit the earth. Uh, you're going to be filled. You're going to be shown mercy. Uh, you will see God. You will be a child of God. You will be comforted by God. And you will have his kingdom. All right. So then after he does that, he comes back and he says, all right, let's talk about a few topics specifically. So he picks murder slash anger. And then he begins to talk about how those are in the wiring that he's introducing. You see, we know how to do murder and anger. We understand that when somebody murders, there's consequences. And we understand what murder is, isn't, don't we? It's like if I kill someone, that's murder. But if you'll notice, that list of blessings was about your heart. It's about how you operate. It was about what's going on in here. About being meek being kind it's about what's happening from in here it continues here what he does is he even addresses the concept of murders if you murder someone in your heart you murdered them that's not fair is it that's not fair if i didn't actually do it and what he's saying is all of this wiring is about the heart It's about you being reconnected and operating, literally, the wiring that's inside you, operating the way God intended. The wiring is there. It was there because you were created by a God who created you in his image. I have the wiring. <clears throat> but I'm not used to that wiring. I'm not used to how that works. I don't want my mind and my heart judged. I don't want my heart and my mind to be held accountable for my anger or my lust or my judgment of people. 
Because, see, that should be my playground, shouldn't it? But the truth is, God says that your heart and your mind are no playground. They are where the real battle is. And you and I are wired. We are wired so that we can thrive in our mind and in our heart with God. We are wired so that we are capable of honoring God and man in our heart and in our mind. Adultery. If you thought about it, you did it. No fair. Divorce. Vows. Revenge. How, do, how you treat enemies. We're going to focus on the last two, actually. This is uh, teaching on revenge. You will notice the language, eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. You have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury. All right? That's fair, isn't it? The punishment must match the crime. We're comfortable with that language. We don't necessarily want punishment to match our crimes, but we are comfortable with the principle that somebody pays equally for what they did wrong. We're comfortable with that. It seems right. It seems fair. It seems like it's the only way to be fair. Jesus is saying, oh, by the way, You have your oral tradition, your oral laws that say, we're going to make it right. We're going to make it fair. And they use the language, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And he challenges that and says, but I say, don't resist an evil person. How is that possible? You know, somebody this week, I was talking to somebody this week, and here's what they said. This has to be something different because I can't make this work. You see, it sounds like if you really do that, then you are really enabling them to remain an evil person. You are actually assisting them to be evil. But Jesus gives several examples of how serious he is. He gives four of them. The first one is just violence. All right, somebody punches you, somebody slaps you. You stand for more. At that point, we don't like it anymore. It doesn't make sense. We can't make it work. We want to press on. But Jesus hits it again. Now he brings it to the political scene. I mean, the, uh, the judicial scene, politics and, and government. And if you're sued, if you're in a court of law, the legal system. 
and the legal system is unjust to you. Pour more into it. What is he doing? If you were sitting here, what would you say? What would you think? All right. So we have the legal system coming against you unjustly. We have violence in the street for you. The next thing, they were a subjugated people. They were a people that were lorded over by another people. So if the people that, are, that have conquered you, that, that your country despises and that you have a legal right to despise, because you're the people of God, nobody should be conquering you. And if they force you to take their equipment and haul it a mile, take it an extra mile. He's not letting up, is he? This is not some little fluke in language. Jesus is not passing time. Jesus is communicating a powerful and important reality and truth of his wiring and his kingdom and the value system that he promotes. Then, give to those... Back up, please. Give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. Now your friends and family get to abuse you also. It's not enough that your enemy in the street and that the legal system and that the, and that the conquering people are pulling your chain. But now your friends and family get to get in on it. Jesus is introducing new wiring. Let's press on. It gets a little worse. Okay, then the teaching on love your enemies. You've heard the law say, love your neighbors, hate your enemy. Do you see the justice in that? Do you see how that works for us? Do you see how the language makes sense and we can do this? I can hate the people who hate me. People are ugly to you on Facebook, you can be ugly right back. They block you, you can block them. But he's challenging that wiring. And he's saying, but I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. If you do that, then you'll be acting like children of my father. If you do this, if you choose to do this, then you will be aligned with the character of my father. Then you will be in line with what the kingdom is promoting right now in this life. If you choose to do this, it will take you to a whole new level of being human. You will be a child of your father. And he says, 
Oh, by the way, it was never fair. The sun rises and sets. The rain pours on the good and the evil. It's not about fair. It's about what the Father is doing. It's about who He is. It's about what He does when He is hated. If I were to have a raise of hands, has anybody in this room ever hated God? I know some hands would go up. And when you hated Him, He loved you. And even when we didn't admit we hated him, but we despised him or we were angry with him, he loved us. If we read on, if you love those who love you, what reward is that? Even corrupt people do that. Here's the key in verse 47. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? You see, Jesus wants you to be different. He wants me to be different. He wants me to be like my Father in heaven. He wants me to represent the kingdom coming, not the kingdom that is. Now here's the catch for you and I. The catch is, He gives you a new way of living with a new set of rules, and He wants you to play by the rules of the future in the present. He wants you to play by these rules in a, in a country, in a land, in a time when other people are going to take wonderful advantage of that. So the question is, how can we make that work? In history... I'll tell you what has happened. Much of the church has written these verses off as that's what it's going to be like in heaven. Well, I would agree with that. But Jesus is introducing it now, isn't he? He's introducing the reality of the future now. Here's what happens. Here's what happens when we do the way we're used to doing right here the nature of our nature we really are justice driven we like justice it will destroy us but we actually like it we like for people to get what they deserve and if we're justice driven it means we're law driven we're legalistic whether we like to admit it or not, we, the law is something we often cherish. Which means we are in the judging business. I know some people who really hate judgmental people. They judge judgmental people. They judge and despise judgmental people. It's easy to do, isn't it? There's a lady named Gert Bahana, a, fam a famous, her father was an industrial, industrialist at the turn of the century. 
She spent like the first seven years of her life living in the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in uh, New York. Had never seen a kitchen. Food just magically appeared. Through her long season of life and finding Christ, she said, you know what my crime is? You know what my great sin is? I look down on people who look down on people. That can be a problem for us. We judge the judgmental. It means we're in the justice business. It means truly we're law-driven. And it means that we're in the punishing business. If we're not willing to embrace what Jesus presents, this is the business you're in. And we move back and forth from trying to walk in grace or walking in grace. For some people, we can show mercy. For other people, we got no mercy at all. If you have hot buttons, you know, they talk about your favorite topic and you have your spiel, you explode on people. And what God is saying is, you are wired. You are wired to operate like I operate. You and I are mystically wired. And um, we um, are adapted or we are designed beyond the limits of ourself. That's how you're designed. That's how I'm designed. And that means we are designed to connect beyond the center self. We are designed to connect beyond, even to connect to God. So here's the, here's the challenge we get into. If you could come up here. Here's what Jesus is saying. He's challenging our wiring. Because the wiring that we operate in, the wiring that he operates in, puts him in the center. And he, and he reads the landscape of his life. Those who might take advantage of him. Those who might be mean to him. Those who might talk about him. Who might misunderstand him. Who might judge him. Or those who are kind to him. But the truth is, if they really knew how he was really like, they wouldn't be kind to him. And the people that give him credit for things that probably weren't really for him to get credit for, but he's taking that anyway because all of us need all the credit we can get. And he manages, he manages his world from the center. And so what he likes doesn't like what he's afraid of, what he understands doesn't understand, what he's uncomfortable with, what he's angry about. He manages that from right here in the center. And here's what mystically wired looks like. If this is the center, if he will allow Jesus to come in and be in the center. No, not just right here. You're still alive. 
You're not dead yet. How is he going to manage his life with Jesus in the center? How do you have a good perspective on anything? How is it going to really function? This is where we struggle. This is why these verses are stupid to us. Don't resist an evil person. If he punches me in the face, please, may I have another? Well, as a matter of fact, yes. You think, okay, after two, can I retaliate? Doesn't that sound like a legal system? I get two, then I pummel you. Hey, it does, doesn't it? Somebody write that down. You know, we're still in the legal system. What I'm really saying is, I'm going to put Jesus in the center for two. On three, Jesus moves, and I'm taking, I'm taking this baby home. We can even get prideful about it. Take your best shot. You only have two. Make them count. Because if I get up, you won't. Bless Jesus. What, what is it like to live your life not in the center of it? It's mystically wired. We have a great capacity to connect with God and Him to enable us to live off-center. We're just used to being in the center. We don't know how to operate from off-center. When I first started flying, you fly from the left seat. Don't go away. When you fly from the left seat and you spend, I don't know, 150 hours flying from the left seat, you get comfortable in the left seat, and then you're going to be a flight instructor, which means you have to move over to the right seat. Man, your first time in the right seat, oh, my gosh, you're almost killing everybody. It's like it flies totally different. Instead of like this, you're like this. If you're moving over like, I don't know, that far, it's nuts. So you're going at the runway, and it's like, will I even have it right side up? Because it's not a perspective I'm comfortable with. I'm not comfortable. It's not natural for me. You see, Jesus' wiring is not natural for me. It's not natural for me to give up the law and the judgment. It's not natural. How many of you in the last week have lashed out in a text? Anybody? Don't raise your hand. Too late, huh? I know, I should have said that first. But it's okay. Jesus already knows that. You see... We, we have these, you know, we take center stage. I mean, would Jesus write the text that we write? Would he do that? Well, I'll tell you, you're a this and that and this and that. And, you know, I saw you do this. You shouldn't be judging me. You blah, 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 blah. And you kind of look at it and go, yeah, well, Jesus would do something. Because this person is wrong. What if he wouldn't do something? What if he would actually bless them? 
What if he would find ways to make the gospel real to them? What if in the verse where it said, you're going to look really different if you step out of the center and let Jesus be here. And what you will have to do in that point is embrace your mystic wiring. Because here's what's going to happen. It will become really obvious when you step out of the center of your life, it will become really obvious that it's important to stay connected to Jesus. It's going to be really important at that point because when somebody nails you on something, does something stupid, and, and you feel compelled, I must respond to this. What is your Jesus response? What response do you really have? If we're going to be mystically wired, here's here's the response we have. He turns this way and says, Jesus, this is wrong. What do we do? And Jesus says, I'm glad you asked that question. The first we're going, we're going to do with this text, this email, this comment, this gossip. We're going to soften our heart. And we're going to make a wide place in our heart that that person has space to be forgiven and loved and cared for. I'm glad you asked the question, Bill, because that's where we're going to start. And so when we are mystically wired, since there's the offense right there, the offense happens immediately like that. That's mystically wired. Because we know that this is going to produce life here. A group of scientists, radiologists, and neurologists got together, and they were doing some research um, on people praying. And, of course, they hooked up all the things that, you know, will probably make somebody sterile, um, all this stuff to their head and stuff. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to measure brain function, brain activity, when somebody is praying. And they were especially wanting to focus on meditative prayer, where you're not doing anything. So they, they hooked up to a lot of people. They did this study. And um, the researchers performed this brain imaging on these people who were engaged in this meditative prayer, see if they could detect any changes in the brain that would correspond to prayer experience. And their finding suggests two things. One uh, is that it appears that people aren't simply making it up. That there was brain, when they put down, they were connecting with God, they were experiencing the peace of God, the brain activity really picked up in certain areas. 
And people were really connecting with God. Or so they thought. So their language is, here's the way the scientists put it. It appears that they are not simply making it up. There are real shifts are taking place in their brains that convey genuine experience of something. We are wired to connect with God. We are wired to connect beyond the center that the world has led us to believe is the center of our universe is me. The second thing that's kind of interesting is they found no uncommon pieces of the equation which suggested to them that this experience was available to anyone who meditated with God. It wasn't for the few people who actually can meditate. Maybe that's not you. Maybe 30 seconds of quiet. You're just about ready to, you know, fall on your sword. Jesus is reintroducing us to how we are wired to step out of the center. Now, it doesn't mean there aren't laws. It doesn't mean there aren't rules. It doesn't mean those things aren't a real part of our existence and our life. What it means is that we can't use them to set some people free and to shut some people down. What it does, when it talks about an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, it's really about, Jesus says, you're now out of the judging business. You're out of the judging business. Doesn't matter how obvious it is. Doesn't matter. You're not in that business with anyone. John 15. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit showing yourselves to be my disciples. All right. So in our scenario, if something happens to me and I immediately turn to Jesus and I'm wired with him and I process with him and what comes out of that is a heart and a desire that is from God. Here's what he's saying. And and I'm going to use this language because it's strong. Here's what he's saying. At that point, you're ready to write the check. Make it for whatever you want. In that moment, in that moment, 
you know, we can't trust everybody with our checkbook, can we? Some, some of us can't trust ourselves, right? Oh, did I write that? That's true with God. I mean, you know, a really bad day, something bad happens. We could be calling God's wrath down. God, like David said in the Psalms, I pray you break all their teeth out. You know, kill all their children and their dogs and cats and uh, go back and kill everybody in history, you know. Uh, wipe out the memory of this person. Some of us would go there. But Jesus is saying, connected with me, you'll be able to write checks off my father's checkbook. Ask whatever you want. Ask whatever you want. Stay connected with me. Do you see that? Remain in me. My word's in you. And you're going to do just fine. Second Corinthians 5. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away, and behold, new things have come. That center of the universe is gone for believers. Christ has called us out of the center of our universe. Now, we crash easily. We go upside down on the runway. It is not natural to not be in the center of our universe. But if we want to finish well, we will practice Stepping out of the center and letting Christ be the center. It's something you have to practice. Yeah, any, any behavioral change takes practice. I know everybody wants the silver bullet. You're going to come up here, we're going to pray for you, and bang, you're just a totally different person. You walk out the door, you're amazing. But the truth is, even if something powerful happens right here, then you will have to practice it. You'll have to practice it. You'll have to work hard to keep from gravitating back to the center. You see, when I go to the center, the mystic wiring doesn't make sense. How many of you struggle to pray at all? How many of you rarely hear anything? Very often, it's because we're in the center of our universe. And do you see how prayer is awkward from there? When, when people will come to me um, for counsel, you know, I don't know what to do. I've got this, 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 and this, and, you know, this is happening. Here's the first thing I try to listen for. Are they going to take heed to anything I say? Because most of the time, they're not. Their mind is already made up. They're there to convince me. Divorce is the best option. I need to quit school and join the circus. That's the best option. They are in the center. And so when you're in the center of your life, prayer won't make sense. 
Does that make sense? Prayer, prayer is kind of operating um, in a strange place when we try to stay in the center. Because what we have to do is move out of the center and give that driving position to Jesus and say, help me. And that's when he can do what he does. That practice does this. Romans chapter 12. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. Don't be conformed to the justice system which controls us. Don't stay in the center of your universe and try to, try to do the things of God. Instead, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be changed by practicing. Does that make sense? Be changed by practicing what is not natural. And that is connecting with God and putting Him in a, a place where He can steer. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. How many people have struggled to know the will of God for their life? Anybody? Yeah. This is a powerful way to know the will of God for your life. That step out of the center of your life and invite Jesus into that place. We're going to stop here.